With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the EWN Radio Network. Habits are, those are the things that you do on a regular basis. You know, brush your teeth, eat something for breakfast, have your morning coffee, everything like that. But those are all decisions that are kind of automatic. Willpower decisions are the ability to say, okay, it's the end of a long, stressful day, and I'm still going to be able to go to the gym. Just because I had a tough day today doesn't mean that I'm not going to be able to still act in accordance with what I really want in life. I like to think of habits as mindless and willpower as mindful. Do music. Places, everybody places. We're starting in three, two. It's time for Life Interrupted Radio, a show dedicated to practical skills for your mind, body, and soul. We're hoping we'll go in one ear and stay there. Here's the host of the show, Sharon Saylor. Welcome to this special series we're featuring here on Life Interrupted Radio, where we look at the rise of autoimmune disorders. The NIH estimates nearly 24 million Americans have an autoimmune disorder. To put that in perspective, cancer affects about 9 million and heart disease up to 22 million. You'll be as surprised as I was to find out what autoimmune entails. I brought together top experts that range from doctors, specialists, nutritionists, researchers, and even those recovering from autoimmune to bring you the latest, most up-to-date information about autoimmunity and how to live your life uninterrupted. So let's get started. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio. Oh, my goodness. I hope your week was fantastic. Mine was. I am up in the Pacific Northwest right now, and I had the wonderful opportunity to play with my beautiful granddaughter up on Mount Hood this weekend in the snow. And sometimes it's so good to go back to those you know, those times I remember, I was remembering my youth on Mount Hood while I was playing with my granddaughter. And it's so wonderful and so joyful. And I find that even if you have a chronic illness, there are things like that you can do. You go to what you can do, even just getting out there and being in the cool air. And we had, it was a wonderful sunny day, but cold. Oh, it was just so fabulous and refreshing and kind of resets your whole mindset and I just love that and we're going to be talking a little bit well we'll ask Colin our guest if it really is a mindset but we're going to talk in my mind it's a little bit about mindset we'll be talking about with our guest Uh, I'll introduce him in just a minute I'm really excited that he's here today I'm curled up here for my Friday night, the start of my next weekend, and this weekend's going to be a little bit quieter for me, and I'm curled up with a fabulous orange-flavored green tea. 
I know that sounds kind of odd, but it's a natural orange flavoring with green tea. And I just love it. And I, it's one of those things that you just feel like you could just sit there and smell as well. So it's, it's great all around. What are you curled up with tonight as we listen into the autoimmune hour here? Because tonight I have a great guest and I asked him on because oftentimes we're talking about very, well, let's see, we're talking about diet and all sorts of things like that. What can we do for specific kinds of autoimmune conditions, things like that? I've been following Colin Robertson's work for a while, and I've always been fascinated by it. And the other day, he wrote a really powerful blog post, and I reached out to him because I could see so many correlations about his topic, which is willpower, and how it relates to chronic illness. I know so often people call me brave. Maybe you've heard that too, or like, oh, you're so strong, or you're so brave. I have to admit, I look at them kind of quizzically because I don't understand what they mean. When you have a chronic illness, you just keep moving forward in my mind. You just keep working at it. You keep working at getting healthy. You keep working on finding the solutions that work for you because I don't see an alternative. But my guest is going to talk about willpower because I really think that relates to this concept of when people say, oh, you're so strong or you're so brave. So I think that probably relates, but he's the expert. We'll ask him. Let me introduce him before I ramble too much here. His name is Colin Robertson. He is a researcher for performance psychology and has spent the last five years researching the science behind how some of the world's greatest heroes achieve their success. He studies fields such as business, athletics, writing, and so many more successful people to find the key factors that led people like J.K. Rowling, Warren Buffett, and Kobe Bryant to the amazing success that they have. And now he teaches us all about the science of willpower and how the heroes that he's interviewed use big dreams and how they overcome obstacles and persevere through hard times. Now, goodness, if you have a chronic illness, you might be going, yep, I've got big dreams and I'm overcoming obstacles and I'm persevering. So (laughs) that's why I thought we'd have Colin on tonight as our guest. Welcome, Colin, to the Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio. Thanks, Sharon. Oh, my goodness. Well, first off, define willpower, because to me, some people will say, isn't that just self-control by another name? I define willpower as the ability to think, decide, and act on what you really want in life. The thing that you really want to get the big goal, the long-term dream, uh, or just the healthy meal that you want to have. It's a thing that the best version of yourself wants, and it's the ability to think, decide, and act as that best version of yourself. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Think, decide, and act. Now, (laughs) I think if we could all do that in that order, that'd be really good, because oftentimes I know people that act and then think and rarely decide. Yeah. So so I, I love that. Think, decide, and act. Great. Well, let's talk about willpower and chronic illness, because maybe I know you heard my introduction there about the Mm -hmm. word being called brave. Yeah, oftentimes with a chronic illness, uh, so many of us, you know, like there's no other option. You just you just kind of do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, how do we create? I, I think to me, willpower is sort of like a habit, isn't it? It's just something you set your mind to. Okay, I'm going to think, decide and act in sort of make that your habit? There is a difference uh, as far as not only what we call them in real life, but actually what where they take place in the brain between habits and willpower. Mm. 
habits are, you know, those are the things that you do on a regular basis. You know, brush your teeth, eat something for breakfast, have your morning coffee, everything like that. But those are all decisions that are kind of automatic. Willpower decisions are the ability to say, okay, it's the end of a long, stressful day, and I'm still going to be able to go to the gym. Just because I had a tough day today doesn't mean that I'm not going to be able to still act in accordance with what I really want in life. I like to think of habits as mindless and willpower as mindful. Oh, I'm great for that distinction. Habits is mindless and willpower is mindful. Yes. And you know, when you said about a long stressful day and uh, I'm still going to go to the gym, Mm -hmm. what came to my mind was I'm not going to eat that cookie. Sure. So so it could be at, at any any size, right? Sure. Any size. Doesn't matter what size what size the decision is, as long as it's it's a healthful and good decision. Absolutely. What are some ways that we can work out our willpower? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like I know I was reading in your book about willpower and exercise. You call willpower sort of like a muscle. Mm-hmm. What are ways that we can work out our willpower, especially in a chronic illness? It's sort of easy to slip into the woe is me times sure. when you just want to throw the covers over your head. What are some ways that we work out that willpower muscle? We'd like to believe the very first thing you need to do is understand that you have one willpower muscle for everything. So you use the same willpower to get out of the bed in the morning to, as you do to eat healthy, as you do to go to the gym, as you do to be productive. All of that pulls on the exact same willpower muscle. And the very best thing you can do to strengthen that muscle is to remember what your purpose is. Remember why you want to do the thing in the first place, whether that's to be healthy healthy for your family, whether that is to be the best version of yourself, whether that is to work towards that long-term goal or dream, whatever your why is, the best thing you can do for your willpower muscle is to remember what it is in that moment when you are faced with that tough decision. Now, I love to write mine out and put it in front of me. I'm one of those, you know, I like to think that I can remember it, but I like like printing it out or handwriting it out and putting it on my mirror so I could see it in the morning. Just a little note of one of the things I do is sometimes my uh, some of my whys are internal to be better at what I do to be healthier to be more active to you know all these I have a lot of whys mm-hmm. but what one thing I love to do is put a picture of my granddaughter up there because that sure. is such a powerful why so whenever we I like to put my whys and make them visual because mm-hmm. it just brings them closer how how is sort of that emotion of seeing those things or or knowing that you're headed towards those tied to willpower and how does that help strengthen it when we're able to uh, visualize it sure so it doesn't actually strengthen it but you tap into a different part of the brain um, that uses mess or less mental energy uh, than other things so by having a picture of your granddaughter there and remembering that greater purpose you are now using less mental energy or willpower in order to do that thing that little burst of inspiration is incredibly important in making sure that you t- make that right decision oh yeah great so so it sounds like we're exercising all parts of our brains here the habits and the bring tapping in the emotional part mm-hmm. to help well i'll say sort of teamwork up with willpower mm-hmm. absolutely oh fantastic so how do we begin? So we've got this, uh, our why, mm-hmm. and we've got our vision going. You know, sometimes when we've got a vision of the health that we want or the health that we say we used to have, although I always say, you know, with autoimmune, it probably kept, crept up on you rather slowly, mm-hmm. and you had these few little 
inklings here and there and then all of a sudden bam because it's like that idea of no one's an overnight success mm -hmm. and I think autoimmune is not an overnight thing sure uh, <laughs> but how can we set ourselves up for uh, and start to begin to create small wins and is a small win better than setting ourselves up with that absolute big future goal of, of optimum health? In that case, you want to have your purpose be your driver, but you want to set your sights on achieving those small wins, as you said. Going through something like a chronic illness like this, it's not easy. And therefore, if you allow yourself to be overwhelmed by the huge task in front of you, then that's going to completely demotivate you. What you want to be able to do is set your sights on, okay, I'm going to feel healthier if I just accomplish this, something that's easy and manageable. And by doing it, you will actually get that sense of accomplishment and you will feel like you're making progress towards becoming healthier. Now, is it good to give voice to it, to sh share with your community, your family and friends? And I, I want to put a little asterisk by that for, <laughs> for, the, for you out there, because some of our friends are really great and supportive and mm -hmm. they will sort of keep you in line. And then I have other friends that are like, oh, Sharon, it's just, you know, hey, it's sure. Sunday. <laughs> it's it's your birthday yeah. or whatever. So I'm going to say, does it help to enlist accountability partners that have will listen to what you say and not let you sort of wander around and have that cookie. Sure. So you're talking about uh, what I call allies and accomplices. Yeah. You know, allies are the ones that are there to help you and support you and everything like that. The other ones, while well, they may be well-meaning, they are there to help give you justification for you know, going the other way. Honestly, the best results I've seen is just from communicating with everybody in your social network, being very honest with them about you know, what you're trying to accomplish and why. That will even turn your accomplices, who they're, like I said, they're usually well-meaning and usually they want the, the best for you. Those will help turn those accomplices into people who are now allies. Mm, that's interesting. I love this accomplices and allies. Thank you. Yeah. I'm thinking that there's sort of hidden accomplices at times. Absolutely. Quick story. When I first was diagnosed, I went to one of the top rheumatologists on first meeting said, so tell me, what have you been doing? And I just listed a few things. Well, I, you know, I'm trying to drink more water to stay very hydrated and I'm eating own organic food. And I went through this whole list of things I'd been doing. And it was interesting to me when he looked at me and I think unbeknownst, he released my own inner <laughs> accomplice. Hmm. Was He looked at me and he said, well, none of that is going to help. And I thought, hmm, not only did I see him as not supporting what were obviously healthy choices? They were because sure. my response to him was, it's not going to hurt. Hurt, yeah. <laughs> but what happened was he released that, you know, that you got a little angel on one shoulder, a little devil on the other. Sure. And he released that little devil saying, well, see, I told you we could have had that chocolate shake. Hmm. <laughs> yes. So what happens when that own inner accomplice sort of starts to get activated and what can we do to uh, control that one? So the angel and devil situation that you're, uh, you're talking about right there is actually a scientific phenomenon. There's a reason why it feels like sometimes we have those two minds. One of them is called the limbic system, and that is the devil. And one of them is called the prefrontal cortex, that is the angel. And the limbic system is what I call the primitive brain, because it was evolved from a long, long time ago. And it has all the motivations to, uh, you know, eat, sleep, 
have sex, all of the easy, easy things that you want to do that, that, you know, that devil on the side of you is there. And then the angel is the one who is where your willpower resides and it's where you have all your long-term goals and stuff like that. That's why you want to do things like remember your higher purpose in those situations to, to try to tune that devil out because that is going to help turn on your prefrontal cortex or the angel and help you remember why you want to ignore that uh, devil in the first place. Oh, but that devil sometimes talks so loud. You can just hear hear that chocolate shake calling your name. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, what are some tips that you have to uh, strengthen that uh, that angel, the prefrontal cortex, when, my goodness, it just seems like the other side has a whole choir shouting over there at you? Another really good one is to simply pause and reflect on the situation and to take in a moment of self-awareness to see, like, okay, is this what I really want or is this just a craving that I'm having right now? Because if you're able to turn, uh, if you're able to take a moment for self-awareness and just take a couple of deep breaths, then you're going to start giving more time to your thinking, rational side of your brain, the angel. And if you're able to kind of remove yourself from the really hot decision of like, oh, I just want to indulge in this thing right now, then you're able to give yourself more power to the angel, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad you bring up breathing. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of breathing. People laugh when I say that because, you know, well, we all have to breathe, you know, (laughs) because regardless of of turning blue and passing out, Mm -hmm. I'm still a huge fan of breathing. Isn't it amazing how it resets us so quickly? I find that just, you know, two or three deep breaths, and I mean full breaths where you feel your rib cage expand. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I see people do a deep breath and it's sort of like, sucking in their gut and raising their shoulders and I'm like that's not really a full deep breath (laughs) (laughs) but anyway if you're doing it and watch a baby breathe and breathe like the little babies Hmm. interesting never never saw that yeah when you watch a baby breathe Mm -hmm. the whole belly moves just fluid and and it's not tight I just love it and I when my granddaughter was little, I'd sometimes just lie on the couch with her and breathe in unison mm. and rhythm with her. And you'd go, wow, this is really kind of refreshing. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad you brought up breathing because I uh, put that down as you're making a list here of all of Colin's great ideas as well, because mm-hmm. breathing is so profound and such a great way. Oh, just to reset everything, reset us mentally, physically, spiritually. It's funny. And uh, in my book, Mindfulness in Action book, I talk about breathing. And one of the things, it doesn't have to be a lot. You don't have to sit there and ohm for 10 minutes. You Mm -hmm. can do reset all of this and be back in the present moment and start thinking with that uh, prefrontal cortex fairly quickly. Absolutely. Yeah, my goodness. So... So we've talked about setting ourselves up to succeed mm-hmm. and now into this idea of creating what I want to say, creating the right environment for success, sure. where we talked about having a community and and things like that. One of the things in your exercise book that I enjoyed, and, I, and that's how I was relating it to when I was reading about willpower, I was relating it to, wow, this really would be like creating a habit of, of health too mm-hmm. was tracking our progress and I love share a few ideas of ways that uh, are good that we can track our progress the mind naturally wants to get better at things we all want to make progress in our lives we all want to get better just a natural human phenomenon that's why we've been able to evolve as a as a society so much and the best way that we can 
get better is by knowing exactly where we were before so we know what better is. And just having that awareness by tracking your progress of like, okay, this is the what I did you know, yesterday or last week or whatever, you're naturally going to want to do better than that this week. Um, you know, whatever you measure about yourself, you are going to be able to improve. You're going to naturally want to improve. And by just having that, uh, that awareness of yourself, you're going to have that natural desire. I'm glad you bring that up because I've kept a few different kinds of journals through this uh, autoimmune journey that I have. And one of them, uh, besides a food journal, I also keep a little journal of just, I won't call it symptoms, but just I call it how I'm doing today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because oftentimes there will be the ups and downs. And when I reflect back through that journal and look at the early days, I'm like, wow, I am way down that success road. It's funny how my mind forgets how it originally manifested and all the things that I've done to intervene and create better and greater health in this process. So I'm glad you bring that up about tracking that because listing those things of where, how I'm doing today and I go back and I read and I'm like, wow, I totally forgot. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree with you. Um, when I went off on my entrepreneurial journey at the very beginning, I was keeping a journal every day. And now I'm able to look back on those days and see where I was then and be happy about the progress that I've made since then. Oh, absolutely. One thing I love to do, Colin, is on, the, on this journal, I only write on the right-hand side of it. Sure. And then as I go back and reflect, reading back, on the left-hand side, I make notes. I say, mm. okay, you know, here it is six months later. And man, I totally forgot that I was, this was a symptom or that was a problem or I was, you know, my diet was this way, whatever. Sure. And I make notes and I'm like sort of a celebration of my successes. Yeah. <laughs> and I love to just continually every so often reflect and make more notes on the left side of that idea of this too shall pass, this too shall change. And so that's what I love to do with my journals, have that uh, place for reflection yeah. on the left hand page. And it shows you oh, all my- the small wins you've made. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. You know what? I wanted to to talk about this topic, and I'm going to say it, and then we need to take a quick commercial break. Colin, I'm having so much fun in our conversation here with you, but I've I've missed our our commercial break time. So anyway, when we come back, Colin and I are going to talk about overcoming the hardest days, what we can do to set ourselves up when we're having those hardest days. And we'll be back right after this quick commercial break. Life Interrupted Radio will return after these messages from our sponsors. It's great sponsors like these that keep this show coming to you every week. Be sure and stop by LifeInterruptedRadio.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Dr. Mesh Seibel, a leading authority on women's wellness and menopause. A recent article in the New England Journal of Medicine found that most women are confused or afraid of estrogen, and many doctors aren't comfortable treating them. My new book called The Estrogen Window just hit number one bestseller status on Amazon. Find out what women are so excited about. Order your copy now at estrogenwindowbook.com and become a partner in your health care. This episode is brought to you by mindfulnessinactionbook.com. To get your free four-minute guided meditation to relax, refresh, and renew in just four minutes. And who doesn't have four minutes? Stop by MindfulnessInActionBook.com now. 
This guided meditation is in handy MP3 format so you can use it anywhere, anytime. Download it now at mindfulnessinactionbook.com. Do you want to be a better leader? Have better relationships? Become more self aware? Be a better communicator? Hi, I'm Sharon Saylor, best selling author, professional speaker, and executive coach. And my life passion is empowering professionals to be the best that they can be. After years of working with professionals, I've discovered the seven things nobody is telling you that can cost you your clients, sales, and even your career. And I want to give it to you free. You've heard my show, you know my passion, and maybe we'll be working together sooner rather than later. So go grab this ebook now to find out the seven things that's costing you big time over at SharonSailor.com forward slash radio gift. Welcome back, everyone, to the Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio. I'm your host, Sharon Saylor from SharonSaylor.com and MindfulnessInActionBook.com. And today we're talking with Colin Robertson, and he is a researcher of performance psychology, and his specialty, his expertise is willpower. And I brought him on today to talk about finding willpower with chronic illness. Because, you know, sometimes it's just, you just want to go back to bed and throw the covers over your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's why I brought Colin on. And I'm so excited to have him here. We've been talking about how to set yourself up to succeed, how to create the right environment to succeed, and keep that willpower muscle going strong. Now, those are all great. But let's talk about what happens all of a sudden in the moment, Colin. Sure. What are some tips you have for (laughs) those inevitable, oh my gosh, hard days? Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing is to understand that everybody has these hard days. You know, it's it's just a thing that everybody has to go through. Not every day you're going to wake up with a spring in your step. You know, I've been studying the science of willpower for the last five years, knowing every trick in the book, and I still wake up with the days that I just want to throw the covers over for me, as you said, uh, and not get get out of bed. Understand that, and then you'll be able to move forward from there. And the best way to do that is to simply take it one step at a time. Bring your mind to the present. Don't think about every single thing you need to do uh, that day. Just think about the next step. So rather than thinking about the huge goal that you have uh, that you wanted to accomplish today, just focus on putting your feet on the floor and then focus on making your way to the kitchen to make yourself breakfast and then focus on putting your shoes on and all of that. Just bringing your mind to the present makes the, the task so much easier on your brain, so much easier on yourself. And then you accomplish those small wins throughout the day that we've been talking about uh, and give yourself confidence that you can take the next step. Oh, you know, and I'm glad you mentioned this idea of present. Two things came to mind as you said that that I put into my sort of routine about the present because the present is where I find I'm most resourceful. Sure. When I'm thinking about the past, for I just don't seem to have resources. And when I'm sort of fretting over the future, I, I absolutely don't have any resources. So... I'm glad you bring up this idea of being present because mm-hmm. that's when I'm most resourceful. And one of the things I like to do, and maybe that's just, I don't know, me, share with me on over at the blog, <laughs> lifeinterruptedradio.com, whether you do this too, but maybe it's just me. I like to, uh, 
when I'm not in one of those hard days, if I'm just got happy to get up and put my feet on the floor, I say a little gratitude, a little appreciation sure. to my feet, to my feet. <laughs> like, thank you, feet, for being here and, and, you know, supporting me as I stand up to go in and yeah, brush my teeth. <laughs> Sometimes we just have to thank those little moments of, and have gratitude. And what's fascinating to me is these little tiny, some people might laugh, like weird gratitudes, like, thank you, feet, or, you mm-hmm. know, thank you. Thank you, warm water, for being here to brush my teeth and wash my face. It's funny how that changes our how we feel about things. Absolutely. I mean, you as you do that, even those little things, you know, on a consistent basis, you're training your mind to see the benefits of everything, the reasons why you like things, the little things that everyone uh, usually just glosses over, and you're seeing, you know, the good side of those things. Oh my goodness, it's so true to take time. And it, as we were just talking about breathing, and, and I know we giggled a little bit about, oh, you know, how I am a big fan of breathing. Mm-hmm. And I think people forget how important these little parts of the process are to our health and to our well-being. My goodness. So let's, so we bring ourselves to the present. Now, I know that uh, you're a fan of meditation. Mm-hmm. Tell us uh, what your practice of meditation is and how you find it helpful in building your willpower. Sure. So actually, meditation is the best way to train your willpower. Uh, and I don't are your listeners probably familiar with meditation or should I explain it? Oh, yeah. Let's have your explanation of meditation. And my listeners are very familiar with it because oftentimes at the end of the show, we'll have a short guided meditation. Today, we're going to absolutely fill our time with willpower. But yeah, let's let's hear how you do your meditation. Sure. So um, I actually use a app called Headspace. Um, that has a, It's a guided meditation tool where you can do different uh, focused activities. Um, but the reason why meditation works from a willpower perspective anyway is that usually your thoughts are wandering everywhere. You know, they're wandering to thoughts of the present, thoughts of the future, you know, worrying or looking forward to uh, whatever you have on your agenda. And also reminiscing about the past, either wishing that you did something better or that wishing that you were in, you know, some past place now. Your thought, your brain just loves to wander in this way. And so when you bring your attention to the present and focus for just even 10 minutes per day uh, in quiet meditation, you're training the brain to not wander as much. And you're also training it to direct to where you want it to be. So giving yourself more control over the devil on your shoulders every time you practice meditation because the devil is the one that's wandering, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I like to call it my monkey mind. It just gets carried away sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what's the name of the app again? You said Headspace? Headspace, yes. Headspace. Wow, that sounds fascinating. And they have guided meditations that you can choose. Mm Mm-hmm. I love guided meditations versus just sitting there in the quiet or with uh, you know music without any sort of background because mm-hmm. it helps the monkey mind stay at bay because exactly. I'm sort of paying it I'm beginning to pay attention to okay what am I supposed to be you know where am I being guided where am I what am I supposed to be doing here so I love guided meditations that's great an app you can take with you anywhere fantastic exactly. And it has a whole bunch of different exercises based on your goals. So there's one for balance, there's one for focus, there's one for creativity, uh, one for happiness. There's a, they have a ton of different exercises for you. Wow, that is great. Now, one of the 
other things I wanted to talk about, I wanted to circle back around. I know we sometimes on these hardest days, we've talked about it sort of tangentially, but I know you have a lot of expertise in the area of diet and nutrition and sure. how that affects our willpower. Now, most often, mo- I don't think people would correlate those other than I don't have willpower to resist my cravings. Sure. But how does diet play into supporting willpower? When we eat food, that food is converted by our body into a chemical called glucose. And 20% of that glucose is sent to our brains. And this, is, this glucose is what the brain uses to exert willpower. The more food that you eat with a high amount of glucose in it is going to give you more willpower. What you really want to do is eat foods that are going to give you a consistent stream of uh, glucose to your brain at all times so you have willpower throughout the day. And the best uh, strategy for doing something like that is to simply eat food that looks like food. Um, You said that you eat a lot of organic foods. That's that's usually all great. These are usually low glycemic foods that are not processed. You know, it's fruits, vegetables, nuts, meat, uh, and other lean proteins and stuff like that. A couple of things came to mind, and I've heard before this idea of shop the outside of the grocery store, not not the uh, inside yes. of the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I try to do, as well as eat a wide variety of colors. The listeners know I'm not a nutritionist, but I am fascinated by diet because a few years ago, uh, Dr. Perlmutter told me this, and I was just mesmerized by the concept. And that was, he was saying, look, Everything is a chemical in your body, whether it's that prescription you're told to take, that herb that you, that, or supplement that you take, and your food turns into chemicals in your body. Sure. And it's just how you manage the chemical soup that you're making is whether you have great health or ill health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I find that fascinating where you said that, you're, you know, the foods turn, the body turns it into glucose. Now, I imagine whether... It's with all foods that the body does this, but sometimes it's just does it more effectively and efficiently with with what we'd call the organic foods and the nuts and the vegetables and the fruits and the lean proteins that you mentioned mm-hmm. versus highly processed foods. Yes. So essentially, um, the reason why you want to stay away from processed foods is because they usually contain high fructose corn syrup. And that's going to lead to a quick spike of glucose being sent to your brain, then a crash that you get right after that. So it'll give you, you know, willpower through the morning, but then uh, by 2.30, you're going to be out of it. Well, I'm glad you think through the morning to 2.30. That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes when I have that spike, it's like for 10 minutes and all of, bam. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes that happens too. (laughs) So I'm glad you bring that up. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's talk a little bit more about how we can help with our diet. Sometimes it's hard when you have family members around who... Uh, are, are back to this idea of accomplice. It's sometimes hard when you've got family members around. What are some ways that you've found that work well in communicating our needs, our, our willpower needs, our help me stay strong needs? What are some ways that you've found that support willpower? 
Um, I would say in the communication again is so important talking to your uh, friends and family, people who could turn into accomplices about that and just being as genuine and open as you possibly can. These people, just like you are, you want the best for them. They usually want the best for you. And as long as you can be genuine about what your goals are and why, why you want to accomplish them and giving them specific details about how they can help or how they might be hurting you, usually that, res- that response is good. You know, it's not all, all the time. Sometimes people genuinely don't want you to change for the better, <laughs> but uh, that, that should be a good sign uh, anyway. <laughs> Well, I think so. Absolutely, I think I think so. That if they if you feel that they're constantly sabotaging you, yeah, maybe it's time to to look for a different friend. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into a little bit more about this idea of self awareness that we've sure. touched on it lightly about self awareness, and you talk about moral licensing and chunking. So let's uh, talk about those and uh, find out ways that we can continue to support the process and continue to build our willpower. Essentially, the biggest reason why we want to have self-awareness about about us is that we can't improve ourselves without fully understanding who we are, why we do the things we do, why we are motivated by certain things. Having that level of self-awareness is going to help us take every step forward. So that's really why we, why we want to be there. The more information you have on yourself, the better decisions you can make. You know, sometimes I find the word self-awareness thrown around in such a way, though, and I find a lot of people think they're (laughs) self-aware, but they're really not. Yeah. (laughs) What are some ways we can strengthen our self-awareness? Because in my work, in my work outside of the autoimmune hour, I'm actually a communication specialist and a body language coach, and I see so many times where they have no idea what message they're sending with their body language. Sure. (laughs) What are some ways we can strengthen uh, our self-awareness because, or how can you support someone to see that they're maybe not quite as self-aware as they think they are? What are your tips on self-awareness? In order to be fully self-aware, you need to be able to have that perspective, like you said, of, I see this person who doesn't appear to be self-aware, even though they may think that they are. Bringing that up, obviously, is a great thing, but it's training the mind to start seeing things from other perspectives. This includes, like, trying to be less judgmental of others, even, because when you are judgmental, you're training the, the mind to be closed. You're training the mind to be the way that you want it to be, and that's going to start making you less aware about you know, who you are and what is working for you and why other people are the way they are. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And one thing that came to mind was a process I use a lot for myself and in my executive coaching, and I call it the three whys. And one of the things is the f- ask you, if you see something or doing something and you ask yourself why. Yes. And the first response is very usually unself-aware, self-centered, shadowed by all your beliefs and all of that. And the second answer, force yourself to do another why. Okay, I can't use that one. That's probably got some labels on there and probably got some judgments on it. So Mm -hmm. my second why. And that one probably is less clouded, but can be continue to be clouded. And by the time you get to the third or fourth why and forcing yourself to go outside of your normal explanations, your your normal justifications, your normal rationalizations is where I think self-awareness comes because you're able to go, oh, I've never seen it from this angle before. And I like to call it, also do what I call fly on the wall technique. 
and that's watch other people from afar. You don't have to be hearing them. You're just watching them, and you can ask yourself questions like, hmm, I wonder what's going on over there, you know. And if I was, isn't that interesting? And if I was to coach those people over there, I would do this. And I like to play those little games with myself. Now I never go and say, excuse me, sure. you know, tap them on the shoulder. But it's just little mental games I play to try and increase my observation skills and increase my awareness skills, which in turn gives me all sorts of new ideas about, huh, Am I doing that? Why am I thinking that? Why would I coach them that way? Is that a limiting belief on my own? What other ways could I coach them? And that's one way I have found that I can really charge up my own self-awareness to make sure that I'm being honest with myself. Absolutely. That sounds like a great practice. And just practicing that level of curiosity and you know those mental games, like you said, very, very good for your mind in this situation. Oh, and I think anytime we can keep our mind active, yeah, especially <laughs> especially with a chronic illness where sometimes it's hijacked by feeling uncomfortable, pain, worries, and all sorts of things. Anytime I can play those sort of mental games to keep it active, I, I really like to do that, to take it off any place else it wants to wander into the focus of, hmm, I'm not very comfortable today. Sure. <laughs> Let's break for another quick commercial break here. And then when we come back, we'll talk about uh, the concept of moral licensing, chunking, and we'll be back right after this commercial break. Life Interrupted Radio will return after these messages from our sponsors. It's great sponsors like these that keep this show coming to you every week. Be sure and stop by lifeinterruptedradio.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by mindfulnessinactionbook.com. To get your free four-minute guided meditation to relax, refresh, and renew in just four minutes, and who doesn't have four minutes? Stop by MindfulnessInActionBook.com now. This guided meditation is in handy MP3 format, so you can use it anywhere, anytime. Download it now at MindfulnessInActionBook.com. Do you want to be a better leader? Have better relationships? Become more self-aware? be a better communicator? Hi, I'm Sharon Saylor, best-selling author, professional speaker, and executive coach. And my life passion is empowering professionals to be the best that they can be. After years of working with professionals, I've discovered the seven things nobody is telling you that can cost you your clients, sales, and even your career. And I want to give it to you free. You've heard my show, you know my passion, and maybe we'll be working together sooner rather than later. So go grab this ebook now to find out the seven things that's costing you big time over at SharonSailor.com forward slash radio gift. Welcome back, everyone, to the Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio. I'm your host, Sharon Saylor from SharonSailor.com and MindfulnessInActionBook.com. It's my honor tonight to have Colin Robertson, a researcher on performance psychology, and he is a writer and expert in the field of willpower. Now, you might be asking, what does willpower have to do with all of this? And you've been hearing some great ideas from Colin about how willpower can help us heal, can help us create 
the habits that we need to, to once again regain our health or to stay healthy if we've gone through this time of autoimmune. Welcome back, Colin. Thanks for sharing all these great tips that we have so far about how to set ourselves up for success, how to create more willpower. Well, where willpower comes from, my goodness, we've just been all over the place. But I wanted to uh, end our time together with this final couple of ideas that I read about in your book about moral licensing chunky and chunking and the Zarnegi effect, let's talk about those and how those can relate to creating health and helping us helping our willpower to focus us on health. First, let's talk about moral licensing. This is one of what I call the willpower traps, where you are subconsciously going against yourself and you're not even realizing you're doing so. And how we do this is when we justify doing quote unquote bad behavior, when we've done good behavior before. So this is like, you know, if we spent extra time working at the office a day, then that means we, we can, you know, eat unhealthy or we can skip the gym. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's a natural tendency for you to say, okay, I did or I accomplished this, I feel good about myself or I'm struggling through this, so I'm going to treat myself through this. And this is when, you know, we had the angel and devil uh, situation. This is where, you know, the angel and devil aren't even fighting against each other. The devil's saying, well, you deserve it. And the angel's saying, yeah, I kind of do deserve it because of X, Y, and Z. Um, so oh, that's, dear. So they're teaming up against you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so the best way that you can overcome moral licensing is when you, again, take a, take a moment for self-awareness and see that progress towards a goal. Going to the gym isn't virtuous. It is, it is very good that you're doing it you know, to make progress towards your goals. But progress towards your goal is not the goal itself. You still have work to do. And accomplishing what you've what you've done through progress is great but you should celebrate the progress you should not celebrate or you should celebrate your commitment you should not celebrate the progress that you've made does that make sense sort of i mean i want to celebrate both sure. <laughs> so. yeah i i totally understand but sometimes the, how we get into problems with moral licensing is when we say that progress is good enough does that make sense? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I made it this far. I, I, I deserve this is what's going on there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about this idea of chunking then because how that relates. Sure. So chunking is breaking up the huge goal um, that you're working towards into manageable chunks. Um, you know, rather than focusing on uh, running five miles, just focus on running this mile, then focus on running the next mile, then focus on running the next mile. Uh, your brain gets overcome very, very easily. It gets, which leads to stress, it leads you to be demotivated, all that type of stuff. And by breaking your huge goal, you know, even if it's what you plan to do today into manageable chunks that are more easily uh, attainable, more realistic, you're going to be able to motivate yourself rather than demotivate yourself. And when you complete each one of those chunks, then you get to celebrate that as a small win. Oh, my goodness. Okay. But not to the point of the moral licensing where we're rationalizing it and we're celebrating it. And 
Yes. You don't want to get one mile into your five mile run and feel so good about your first mile that you just quit. <laughs> right, okay. And then, yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, you know, I was thinking about chunking too in so many things though about creating good health habits besides just exercise. I know that's your one of your areas of expertise. Oftentimes we can even just write down small successes, whether it's just eating well that day or walking that day or even being pain-free for the day. That would be, you know, sure. a, a great success. Although I think we have less willpower over our pain than we do such as walking for a day. So maybe that's not a, a true correlation there. Yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about what is the Zarnagi effect? I think, or is that Zarnagi? I think. Uh, it's the Zignark effect. Zignark effect. Okay, well, yes. I've been saying it wrong this whole time. And I, you know, I've seen it before, but the words, be, the word before, I never, obviously didn't know how to pronounce it. I've heard it, but I have no idea what it is. Sure. So in the context of what you read about in the ebook, I use it to explain why it's sometimes it's just so hard to make a habit last or make a goal last. You've accomplished that goal. Um, I used to like I u- like to use the example of Oprah. You know, she seemed to have a constant battle where over her weight to where she's gaining a whole bunch of weight and then losing it, feeling great. And then all of a sudden it starts slipping right back to the point where she's even worse off than she was before. Um, And the reason why that happens is when we view our goals as complete, our brain checks them off of our internal to-do list and says, okay, we ate healthy, we exercised, we did all of these things to reach our weight loss goals, and we accomplished them. Mission accomplished, everything's done. So then all those little decisions that you made in order to get to the, that point, your brain can, is now not reminding you like, okay, hey, we should probably choose side salad instead of fries. Hey, we should probably go for a walk or take the stairs instead of the elevator or all those little decisions that got you to that goal in the first place. Your brain isn't giving you that nag anymore because it says that this mission is accomplished. You know, that reminds me, though, of what you were saying there, of another phenomenon I found interesting, and that's one of where it's so easy to forget all your successes, yet you ruminate on all the things that are, I haven't been successful, the failures or the not quite theirs or <laughs> other things like that. It's, it seems like it's similar, like the brain goes, oh, that's a success, check it off the box, forget about it. Exactly. I mean, it, it's because we kind of expect things to be successful and when they aren't we want to figure out why and because we want to figure out why we spend a lot more mental energy on those negative things than the positive ones oh my goodness well we're just about out of time here colin this has been fantastic what are some final thoughts that you can share with us about ways we can use willpower for our health the biggest ones i mean we've been talking about them throughout the course of this conversation it all starts with a great purpose. You know, you reached out to me uh, with my latest article about drug addicts. And one of the biggest reasons why people turn to drugs in the first place is simply because they do not have a good purpose in their lives. And that's one of the best ways to bring them back. Purpose is just so incredibly important to whatever willpower challenge you may have. Above that, it's self-awareness and breaking it into things or breaking it into chunks and uh, accomplishing small wins. Well, that's fantastic. You know, it's interesting when you brought up the purpose again. One thing that popped into my mind is people say, Sharon, you're so busy doing all the other things, plus recovering, plus why do you do Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio? And it was to have a purpose, a meaning to what I'm going through and to share with others. I'm very curious. My natural tendency is curiosity and learning and to share with others 
have an easy resource where people could find out information from the patient's point of view, not mm -hmm. the clinical point of view. <laughs> so I think that's my purpose behind the Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio. It's been my honor to have you here, and I want the audience to know how to know more about you and find out about this exercise ebook we've been talking about, as well as I know you've offered them another great free ebook that you've written. So can you Tell the audience how to find out more about you and a little bit about your ebooks. You can find all of my work at www.willpowered.co. Twice a week, I write articles about the research that I'm doing, um, and I've also written two free ebooks called Mastering Exercise, which is the one that we've been going over in this radio show, and also one called Know Thy Will, which is basically an understanding of exactly how your willpower works and how you can make the most of it. And then I'm also coming out with my first full-length book called The Will of Heroes, which is where I actually talk about how J.K. Rowling and Warren Buffett and Kobe Bryant and all these successful people got to where they are and how they use their, the science of willpower to help them get there. Well, congratulations. Now, when will that book be out for us? February 15th. Oh, my so goodness, just, just right up, yeah. around the corner. Okay, folks, well, I'll be sure and put a link to that book when it's ready. Is it ready for pre-order yet? Is there a place we yes. can go to pre-order? Where should we go? Yes. So just www.willpower.co slash thewillofheroes, or you can just search on the site. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Colin, for being my guest tonight on the Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio. It's been a fascinating journey and one that we haven't, taken too much and that's an understanding other ways to heal that maybe we'd say the white coat authorities would go yeah that's a possibility <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much for talking to us about willpower and join us every friday night here at 7 p.m eastern time for another episode of life interrupted radio it's always my honor to be here with you and as always make it a great week Whatever your adventures, enjoy. The information provided on LifeInterruptedRadio.com is for educational purposes only. What you hear, read, and see on Life Interrupted Radio is based on experience only. The information presented here should never be used for any legal, diagnostic, or treatment purposes. Always seek sound legal, medical, and or professional advice regarding any problems, conditions, and any of the recommendations you see, hear, or read here on Life Interrupted Radio. You've been listening to Life Interrupted Radio. To learn more, listen to other shows, and gain free resources that can help empower your life, be sure to stop by lifeinterruptedradio.com. This episode is brought to you by MindfulnessInActionBook.com. To get your free four-minute guided meditation to relax, refresh, and renew in just four minutes, and who doesn't have four minutes? Stop by MindfulnessInActionBook.com now. This guided meditation is in handy MP3 format, so you can use it anywhere, anytime. Download it now at MindfulnessInActionBook.com. Do you want to be a better leader, have better relationships, become more self-aware, be a better communicator? Hi, I'm Sharon Saylor, best-selling author, professional speaker, and executive coach. And my life passion is empowering professionals to be the best that they can be. After years of working with professionals, I've discovered the seven things nobody is telling you that can cost you your clients, sales, and even your career. 
and I want to give it to you free. You've heard my show, you know my passion, and maybe we'll be working together sooner rather than later. So go grab this ebook now to find out the seven things that's costing you big time over at SharonSailor.com forward slash radio gift. Never has there been a better time for women to hack success. The shift is on and the breakthroughs are real. We're taking success to a whole nother level. Join us at the Women's Success Summit, a gathering of dynamic, smart women helping women. We want to learn about you and what you have to offer. Bring your A-game and be prepared to transact some business. Oh, and by all means, dress to impress. Register at eWomenNetwork.com. This is the EWN Radio Network. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.